Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk co-host. you with me, Chris? I'm here, James. Chris, always a pleasure to have our returning guest. Former NFL player Terry Billups. You that Terry? I'm here. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for being back on. No problem. Thanks for inviting me back. Well, I know you like you like to um, start off this show. I would love for you to start off. And what would you like to um, like to hear what you have to say? If you don't mind, I just want to uh, start off the show here by uh, sending out my condolences to the family of one of my. Uh, former Tar Heel teammates, uh, Nate hobgood Chittick. Uh, he passed away this past weekend um, of a heart attack at the age of 42. Um, so I just want to let uh, Nate's family, his wife, Kelsey, and their children know that our prayers, my prayers just goes out to their fam- to his family, and, and I know that the prayers of, my, of all his uh, former Tar Heel teammates go out to his family as well. So, Yeah, um, I, I, I'm sorry to hear that. That's unfortunate and we you have know, to say some prayers too for his family too. Exactly. We've talked about this before. We're all we're it's all family. Yeah, it, and you know, to lose somebody that young, I mean forty two, I do you know, forty two. It's, it's way too young. You're not supposed to go that early. No. Yeah. No. You know, I know his wife and kids, I guess you know. Right. right. Well, well, well I can say Terry, we all gotta say prayers to them. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, too, uh, it was good having you on last time. You know, we got a lot of legal stuff going on. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny, though, you know. But um, since we are, we might want to start off with it. You know, these guys that went over there to China, was that a big deal, Terry, or was it a small thing that happened over there? Oh, no. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, um, it, it doesn't seem like there's a whole bunch of dispute as to whether they actually try to steal those shades or not. So assuming that took place, I mean, that's just complete idiotic. I mean, that's, that, that just makes no sense whatsoever. You're going to go to a foreign country um, and, uh, and try to steal something. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you are in a situation where, you, as you saw, I mean, they, I mean, they were stuck over there for a few days, and it could have been much worse and much longer. So, um, yeah, that's, that's just no sense whatsoever. James and I were talking about it today, and, and James was asking what, 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 what would make them even do something like that. And, uh, you know, the only, only thing I could say is, you know, what, one of them saying to the other, daring the other to do it. You know, because they obviously they had the money, and you know, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, obviously, it's more. You know, I'm much older now, so like I, you know, I think back. You know, when eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old, you know, uh, in college, you know, we all did some you know silly, stupid things, but I, I just can't. I mean, this is like a whole nother level. <laughs> Um, you're in China. You know, you're in a whole other country um, knowing 
there, you know, that, uh, you know, their laws are a lot different than our laws here. And while, um, I mean, it's still a big deal if it happened here, but, I mean, you don't have, you don't face the type of consequences here as you would in a foreign country doing something like that. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know all the, the bad details. I just heard the most recent uh, uh, tweet from, uh, from our president who indicated that, uh, Absent him stepping in, he claims that they could have been facing 10 years or this. Let's think about that. It's possible 10 years um, in prison for trying to steal some shade. So I don't know if that's true, but if that's a possibility, that just shows you the, the magnitude of, of, of what they were getting into. You think that the, the Chinese people let them go because, you know, because I was hearing that they were let people come over there and give them off easy, you know. And I think they let them off easy, you know, because they went to three places with Stilla, you know. Well, yeah, well, and and they're um, the last I heard. Uh, I think either they were on their way back, or I don't know if they, I don't know if they've, uh, I don't know if they're already on a plane back. But my understanding that they're either on their way back or they're back or something of that nature. So, so they're gone from over there. So, I mean, they're not going to have to face any consequences over there. The question is going to be. Uh, what is UCLA going to do? You know, so um, is, you know, is UCLA going to punish them or discipline them in some type of way um, for uh, for engaging in those acts? And um, and I and I actually think they should. I mean, I mean, you you, I mean, they went over there representing uh, UCLA. I mean, they went over there. I mean, they weren't over there on their own getting caught doing something stupid, but they were there representing their college um, and to get caught. Um, and create an international incident like that um, where it sounds like, the you know, the president had to step in to convince them to let you go, to let you be able to return home, um, you know, that's just, that's stupid. Um, you know, just to say, you know, bottom line is, and so um, I, I, I do expect and would hope that UCLA does something to discipline us. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I mean, First of all, <laughs> we, 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 we understand about the, the Ball family and the father and all that that's been going on in the last year or so. Um, but, you know, for, 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 the, for them to think that they can do something like that and, and, and not have any consequences, you know, that, that would be insane for them to be able to just walk away and not have anything happen to them. Right, right. Now, I will, hear, I, I will say, though, I, I've heard a few... Uh, you know, comments out there and, and um, some of the sports talk talking about, you know, whether UCLA should yank their scholarships and stuff like that. And I, and I, I would absolutely be opposed to that. I mean, I don't think, um, I mean, these are young guys. They made, they made a very, very stupid mistake. Um, I'm sure they will learn from this mistake, um, but you, you don't, those type of consequences uh, can completely ruin people's lives. Um, and, uh, I think you've got to give them, you know, a second chance. Again, I believe they should be disciplined in some type of way, um, but the concepts of kicking them out of school and, and yanking their scholarships and stuff, I think that's just a little, I think that's going overboard. Do you think so, Terry? Because couldn't that create some of a big thing with China and us? Because we're already going through it with them, right? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, again, you know, not being uh, involved in any of those discussions, um, you know, I, I don't. I think uh, China's probably worried about a whole lot of other things as it relates to our country than these few guys over there trying to steal a pair of shades. So, um, so yeah, I do think it was a major. You know, like I said, they caused a major international incident. Um, I don't think it's one where you know we had to give up something 
in order to get them back. Um, I mean, it, yeah. it sounds like it was just a conversation possibly between the president and their and, um, and their leader over there. Um, and um, and you know, we you know these guys are now returning home, but. Um, I, I do think it. I think it would be too much to to kick them out of school and to take their scholarships. Um, like I said, that that has a long life repercussions on these kids um, who you know they're they're eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old kids um, who we oftentimes do stupid stuff at that time, and um, and you, you've got to be able to have a, give these kids another opportunity, another chance to get uh, uh, of this. So, so, now, so right now they're they're suspended indefinitely, which you know it's their freshman year. So, right. are you thinking that they should just, you know, for their freshman year, just be suspended, and then if if they keep their noses clean, then their sophomore year, possibly they if 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 they make the team or they're, you know, they still get their spot back if if they're good enough, then they'll be able to travel with the team and and go back to what what they were. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be, you know, something of that nature would be uh, appropriate. I, you know, I'm not sure if I'm inclined to say a, a full year suspension or whether it should be a half year suspension or what. But, um, but definitely, uh, definitely some type of suspension that's going to uh, get their attention. That's going to feel like discipline. It's going to, uh, you know, you know, make sure that others know that this type of behavior just wouldn't be acceptable. So, you know, a half year, maybe a year suspension or something in that nature would be, I think, probably would be warranted in this type of situation. Okay. Terry, have you ever been to uh, Hawaii? I have. That's, 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 yeah. my, uh, that's my, one of my favorite destinations. That's where uh, my wife <laughs> and I are hoping to retire to. That's for me, too. <laughs> but anyway, you know, Waikiki, they got that market. You know, I'm telling you, they have a market. Yeah, the international marketplace. Yeah. Market. Uh, when we went over there and played, you know, in Wyoming, uh, we had a couple guys that went in there and were stealing stuff and, you know, was on the plane bragging about it. I'm just thinking, what if they got caught over there, you know? And like right. you said, at that age, they ain't thinking, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I, it's easier for me to say this much, you know, much older that, hey, they should be disciplined and stuff like that. Um, I could think of how, the amount of stupid things I did. You know, when I was 18, 19 years old, nothing of that nature, right. obviously, but, but still, you know, little stupid things that you look back on now um, and say, man, why would I have done something stupid like that? I just wasn't thinking. So we got we to gotta keep that in mind. I mean, they're still young. They're teenagers, you know. Um, if, if, if we say they're not old enough to drink yet and they're not old enough to do certain things because they're not 21, then we understand that means they haven't fully hit their level of maturity that they need to hit. Um, so we've got to we got to keep that in mind when we think about um, them engaging in some type of behavior they engage in. Now I would say it would be different if if whatever they did was uh, you know something that caused physical damage to or or, or was a uh, an act of violence to somebody, but nobody got hurt from um, what they did. Right. So this is what we gonna do. Got <laughs> cool. This is a commercial break. I'll be right back. And I'm going to ask you about what the dad said. Uh, what you think about what he said, Terry? Okay. <laughs> we'll, be right, we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? 
Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host, loving that sports talk, co-host, and Chris, you know? I'm here. And we got our guest, former NFL player Terry Bellis. Terry, thanks again for being on. No problem. No problem at all. And like I said, you know, I got a little text from my mom. And I'm going to be praying for your friend family, too. So I just want to let you know that mom that I'll be listening. All, all the prayers. The more prayers, the better. So, Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, we got Man, let's go. James, you got to get over that cold. <laughs> oh, no. Um, the ball, you know, they interviewed him, you know, when the first started, you know, he was in China doing his big baller autograph shoes, and he talked about, I don't know what it is, but no, no big deal. Why everybody makes a big deal out of it? What do you think about that, Terry? Well, you, you know how the Le- bar is, uh, you know, um, I mean, he, he, he's going to say stuff like that, but uh, he had to, I think deep down inside, he knew it was a big deal. Um, anybody in that type of situation has to know it's a big deal. Um, like I said, I mean, you've got uh, kids who have got caught stealing in a non-democratic country. Um, so, uh, you know, the potential repercussions could have been much worse than, you know, the fact that they had to stay over there for, for a few extra days. So um, it's a big deal. I mean, in regards to what uh, the bar ball says, it, it was a big deal. I mean, obviously, he's well, going to try to downplay it a little bit because it is his son involved. Correct. Well, plus, plus he's, he's got one more son that's <laughs> that he's got lined up for UCLA. So, you know, that that could affect things, too, or could have. So, you know, yeah. He's, he, he's, yeah. he still has to look out for the whole the whole family on that. Right. Right. I've been watching a lot of the places that happen, and he ain't been playing good. You think things like that can affect the kid? You know, there's brother over there, you know. Can that mentally mess with him, Terry? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know from playing ball, I mean, um, you know, especially when you have things that are affecting your family. I mean, um, like I said, 
Um, the same way LeVar had to realize this is a big deal. I'm sure his brother realized it was a big deal, too. Um, I mean, it wasn't much of anything he was going to be able to do about it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it absolutely can affect your play where you're thinking about, hey, what's going to happen to my little brother? Um, um, but, um, you know, fortunately, you know, I think the main thing here, though, is fortunately, um, you know, like I said, I, hadn't, I, I don't know if they've made it back yet, but I do know my understanding was that they're on their way back. So um, it sounds like at least they have been able to uh, make their way back and, um, and at least get that part of the chapter over with. And now it's just a matter of what's going to happen when they get back here um, and what type of discipline will they face when they get back here. But, it, but I'm glad that, they're, um, that they've, uh, they're on their way back or, or, on their, or either have returned or are on their way back now, though. I know some of those countries, Jerry, they cut your hand off when you still it, don't they? And, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how many of those countries do that, but you know, you hear tales <laughs> of things like that. But uh, I don't know if that's uh, uh, um, um, what places possibly still do something of that nature. But I mean, the bottom line is, you know, if you're you're in another foreign country like that, you've got to respect that country's laws, and you've got to recognize yeah. that that country's laws aren't going to be the same as our laws here in the United States. Um, and uh, and there could be major repercussions for some of the stuff you do. I mean, if you're in places like, um, you know, Philippines and other places, and you're, you know, possession of drugs, I mean, you, you know, you could see, you could hear story after story where, um, you know, people get locked up for, like, many, many years for possession of drugs yeah. and stuff like that in certain countries. So, I mean, all those different things like that, you've got to understand that you, uh, you can't do silly stuff like that when you're in a foreign country. Yeah, that's like uh, remember the swimming for the Olympics. What was his name? And they got oh, over Ryan, there. Ryan, Ryan Lochte. Lochte, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They almost messed up over there too. Yeah, well, he, yeah, he, he, <laughs> he tried to get out of the country real quick, and then they pulled him off the him and his couple players off that plane. Yeah, they, he was trying to get out, but they, they stopped him from getting out. So, but fortunately for oh, him, yeah. he got out of there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you got you got to watch what you do when you're in you know when you're in a foreign country. You don't know what um, you know. Um, you're not you're not going to know what their laws are for the most part. So you got to do everything the right way, um, or you can get hemmed up really bad. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me ask you something, Terry. Though, when when, when they do go to these foreign countries. You know, shouldn't shouldn't the school do some due diligence though, and 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 kind of let the students know that hey, you know, some of this not nonsense. You know, don't do this. Don't you know? I mean, some of it's obvious. You know, stealing is, is very obvious. But right. the certain things. Thing here, you know, I mean, I, I you know, yeah. Obviously, the school should do some due diligence, and the likelihood is they probably did some some. But I mean, do you really need to tell? Do you really need to tell one of your student athletes not to steal? I mean, you should, you know right, what I'm saying? You right. shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to, you know, tell them that. You shouldn't have to remind them not to, you know, when you get off this plane over here, don't go out there stealing stuff. You know, that should be just a no-brainer. So, right. um, you know, I wouldn't put anything on the school here uh, or say the school did anything wrong. That was just, you know, really bad decisions by these players to, um, to you know, engage in trying to steal stuff. You know, a right. pair of shades. I mean, a pair of shades. That was a good could have, you know, basically had them sitting in a prison somewhere. That's a good question, um, Chris, because I want to elaborate a little more, Terry. Like, say when you go over there, like, um, you folks have chaperones, right? These kids, I mean, you have, I know, coaches and 
whatever. Even with that girl um, that got killed over there in that country, Natalie. What was her name? Yeah, Natalie. Yeah, that, that, that right. down in, in Aruba. Yes. Yeah, when well, you had these students go over there, Terry, shouldn't a chaperone be responsible? The school chaperone? Because they know they're somewhere else in another country and all like that. you got to have people watch them. Cause I know when I did an eighth grade trip to Washington, D.C. with some kids, we had to be right by them every time. I mean, every time we right. get them, they go to the bathroom, and we had to be outside the door to make sure, you know. But shouldn't that be on the right, school, right. though, I mean, Think about that, though. You're talking about when you were in eighth grade. I mean, so that's, you know, there's, there's going to, as as you get older, there's going to be more of a level of responsibility that's on you rather than on a chaperone. Um, and you, so you take you take these kids, you know, the, the basketball players from UCLA, um, you know, you're not going to have a chaperone just standing right next to them. You know, every step that they take, there's somebody right next to them. But, yeah, if you've got somebody who's 12 years old, 13 years old in a, in a foreign country, you do need to have a chaperone who's there, who's paying attention, who's observant of what's going on, who's keeping an eye on the students that they're in charge of and making sure that, you know, everything um, is on the up and up. So, you know, that level of responsibility is going to depend on the age of the, of the individual who you're watching, you know. Now, say they would have got 10 years. Who would that be on the school? Could the parents come back on the school and sue them, or could they be liable? Would they have been on that school, Terry? If they would have got 10 years. Say they would have gave them 10 years in prison over there. Could the parents come back on the school on that, or no? Well, I mean, you can never, you know, one thing in our society is that you can't prevent somebody from suing you. So, um, right. so whether true. the parents could sue, I mean, they could always, somebody could always file a lawsuit. Whether or not that lawsuit prevails is a different question. So, um, but, again, I don't know, again, not knowing all the details, but I just don't see anything where the school um, would have been liable. You know, what, liable. what did the school do or fail to do here that would have placed the school, um, you know, um, in jeopardy of being liable for, for these students' decisions to, these athletes' decisions to steal, you know. Right. So, so, yeah, I mean, they, you know, nothing prevents somebody from filing a lawsuit, but... I can imagine a lawsuit like that probably with uh, something as to what the school had did where the school was negligent in some type of way that resulted in these kids stealing, which I just find that hard to find, you know. Right. Right, right. <clears throat> so, so what do you think about, um, you, you see uh, your boy Colin Kaepernick was named uh, the GQ uh, Citizen of the Year. You know what, that's funny you said that. We'll bring that up. Because I've been looking on some things, you know. You got people that hate college and like and one person go, how can you name him um, GQ of the year when, um, what's the guy's name? J.J. Watts raised $37 million. <laughs> You know? Isn't that crazy? I mean, so are you saying, are you saying that, um, that, that Colin should not have been named the GQ. I mean, I mean, you know, there's a couple different people named. He's just one of them, but he shouldn't yeah. be named the GQ citizen of the year. Let me tell you what I think, Terry. And this is from the start. I, I, I've been, you know, trying to stay. You trying to stay out of it if you want to stay in it. But one, my one thing is Colin's not speaking up. You got everybody else talking for him and arguing. He needs to come out and, and, and get with these people that putting their back to the wall for him. Two, 
you know what, 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 what he, I mean why do, why do you think when you say they're putting their back to the wall for him um, why do you why do you think it's for him rather than that they're doing this for a, a larger cause and purpose and um, well, and Colin Collins already put his back on the wall and and the, and the more important thing is rather than speaking with his mouth Collins is speaking with his actions and speaking with his wallet I mean this man gave right. a million dollars to various causes to to help support um, the causes he's been, you know, pushing for. He's out of a job, and he continues to do things. I mean, part of you got to understand, you know, one part of part of his protest also has been a silent protest. So it's not that he he's purposely thought about being silent through this whole time, and he doesn't want it to be all about him. So I think that's also helped some of these other guys because um, because all if you all if the only thing you have out there is just Colin talking all the time. Colin on TV all the time, then you're not seeing some of these other people who are stand, stepping up and uh, taking a stand against things as well. What I mean, we're putting that back on because if you look at it, every time somebody do a protest, they say, you know, well, Colin ain't got no job because of this. So that's what I mean, because if Colin didn't do this, he probably would have had a job. So everybody, when they go and do it, they put that back and say, you know, this man ain't got a job because he stepped up and did this. You see what I'm saying? Right. Well, that's I, why think I think protesting just because Colin doesn't have a job, though. No, they don't have a job, but they said because he don't have a job because Colin protested for this cause, you know? Right. That's If you look at it, that's why he ain't got no job, because he protests for this cause. And that's why I'm saying Colin needs to come out and start speaking. You think... Terry, be honest. He, did. My he, does. Team, I mean, he just he just He just did. I mean, that's part of when he, uh, by being named GQ... Citizens of the Year, he did a, uh, an interview for that, um, and he's talked about that, but that's one of the things he did. He actually said in an interview that, that he, was willing, he was willing to do the interview because he hasn't been taking interviews as part of the right. protest that he's engaged in, and what he's been wanting to do is to show his actions, his deeds, and through his donations and things of that nature, rather than just talking. And um, oh, I, think, I think a great example of this, too, is when I say you know, other people having to step up is um, I don't know if you saw the recent uh, uh, interview or article, or a- actually the the article written by uh, um, the Detroit Pistons uh, head coach uh, Stan Stan Van Gundy. He just he just did an article in Time. Um, I mean, I think it's one of the, the best pieces I've seen written about the protest. Where he you know he he declared that the athletes who are protesting are the real patriots here. It's these individuals who. Um, who we should be respecting and standing up to, um, you know, that are, are these athletes. And it's, it's a great piece. It's a, it's a you know, a, I mean, it's not, it's not a paragraph or too long. I mean, he did a full-blown, um, you know, uh, story or, or uh, a written article about um, why he believes that uh, Colin Kaepernick and, and the others protesting, in particular Colin Kaepernick, are, are the real patriots here. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, well, what we're going to do, we'll take a break, then we're going to come back, you know, uh, we finish this, right there? Okay, talk. sounds good. Hey. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? 
Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to loving that sports talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, co host of Chris. You there? I'm here. I'm just I'm I'm just counting the numbers of battle going on between you two. Yeah, because we got to get uh, Terry back on again because we ain't going to finish this today. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terry, so we we were battling. I, I have something for you. Then I'll let you, you know, you talking, you know, and I was trying to explain, you know, when we was out there that I understand it ain't, it ain't the um, vets that we protest and protest and what happened with the police and what happened with the community. My point is, though, when I say I need to speak up, ask me this. You think Martin Luther King, if he was, was speaking and doing no interviews, you think things would have changed? If, if he wasn't speaking, you said? Right. If he wasn't getting out there and talking in front of people, talking about we need to, you know, change this and come together and all this, and he had a dream, you think he'd been quite like capping off things with a change? Well, first of all, I think it's a very different day and era than obviously when Martin Luther King was engaged in uh, his civil rights protest. But, um, I mean, it wasn't we, – we think more about Martin Luther King's speeches now, but – it was the actions. I mean, it was the it was the the bus boycotts. It was the freedom riders. It was you know marching across you know the, the bridge and and all the other things that they were doing. So just right. you know, it wasn't just sitting in a pulpit, you know, giving a speech as to why the civil rights movement had the effect that it had. It was you know America turning on the TVs and um, you know parents seeing uh, white young children that looks like their children getting off the freedom buses and getting hit upside the head with a rock and bleeding yeah. for them to stop and say, well, hold on, 
you know, um, maybe I should pay attention to this. Maybe, maybe this doesn't just affect black people. It affects um, all of us and that equality does mean something. So it, it, those, it, it's not just talking. It's actions. It's deeds. Exactly. It's money where your mouth is and actually going out in the communities and trying to do something to make a change. And so I do think, Colin, you know, again, I'm not comparing Colin in any type of way to Dr. Martin Luther King, but I do think, you know, that Colin is actually doing deeds. He's actually doing things and not just speaking, and, um, and those deeds are having effects in the community. And the bottom line is, um, no matter what, what we want to say about any of this, it is actually, it, 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 the, the, he wanted to bring attention to this, and he has brought attention to this. I mean, that is why he has been named the GQ this another year. That's why we're talking about this right now on the radio. That's why other people are talking about this. That's why the president is talking, has been talking about it. That's why Jerry Jones has been talking. That's why everybody has been talking about it. And even if you're not a sports fan, you know what's going on right now because of the fact that he's brought attention to this matter. So, unfortunately, there's still people who want to, you know, like I said, want to paint the picture that. But, but this is nothing new. I mean, that's the same thing that would happen, same thing that would happen back during, um, you know, uh, Martin Luther King um, during the Civil Rights era where any time they talked about protesting and doing those things, the first thing that would happen is that the other side would say, oh, you know, this ain't the right place, this ain't the right time, and, and you know, uh, you're being anti-American and all those other types of things. So that's normal. Um, these things that are happening right now is normal any time somebody stands up to protest against injustice and, and um, inequality. I mean, that's what happens. Um, so so he, is, he has called the movement. And I do think, you know, if you, if you look, if you forward wind or, you know, go into the future 50 years from now, Colin Kaepernick will have a significant place in our history um, from a civil rights standpoint, from an equality standpoint. And, um, and he will, you know, he will have a chapter in our history as uh, the, the fight for, for equality. Now, now let, let me let me ask you this: when you when, when you have history or some history is called by what controversy, right? So right. anytime you stir up a controversy, you gotta be in the history. You know, look at I mean, just to go off and look at um, Charles Manson. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Anytime you do something that calls something to be, that make people keep bringing it up every time and talking about it. Am I right? You make history. Oh yeah, but I think now, I mean, this, will this, it change something? You know, there's nobody, no, nobody, no matter race, age, gender, that looks on Charles Manson in a favorable manner. You know, so there's, whereas right. here, you may have some people, no matter what, even 50 years from now, who could care less about Colin Kaepernick and what he did at this point in time in history, but you're going to have tons of people who are going to uh, celebrate the actions he took right now to fight for equality. Um, and, I mean, it's, again, a great example of that is, is Muhammad Ali. I mean, so you go back and you look at, you know, yeah. you know when Muhammad Ali was in the, the highlight of his career, where he was a young champion and, um, and basically, you know, was back in like 1967 or so, um, and basically uh, said that he was not, um, he would not, you know, uh, go off to fight in, in the Vietnam War, you know. And, right. um they stripped him of his title. They he couldn't. I mean, I think it took him about three years before he ever got before he got a chance to fight again. 
Um, and again, this is in the middle, this is in the highlight of his career. He had just became the world champion at the age of 25. And, um, and you, look at, you look at how they treated him. So the same way Colin's being treated now, Muhammad Ali was treated 10 times worse. I mean, they hated Muhammad Ali back then. They vilified Muhammad Ali. But now today, we look at Muhammad Ali as a hero. We look at, I mean, you even have the president, you know, talking about how great of a person Muhammad Ali was, um, you know, when he passed away. And, and so we look at Muhammad Ali as a great civil rights icon and a great uh, leader and somebody who stood up for his principles and values and, and things. But back then, they hated Muhammad Ali. And so yeah. history, time has the, the, the ability to change how we view both events and people in history. And I believe time will, will have that same, somewhat same type of effect as it relates to what Colin Kaepernick is doing right now today. How long do you think this will go on for, Terry? I mean, if, I mean, you're starting to look at it. you got all these people like Papa John talking about he losing money because of the NFL. Well, that's on you, Papa John. Don't be with him. Right, right, know? right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, and, and we talked about this briefly, you know, the last time I was on, and I told you I didn't think it was going away anytime soon. And, 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 and it's not going to go away because people are going to keep throwing um, fuel on the fire. And a great example of that was shortly after we talked, shortly the last time I was on your show, Bob McNair, the owner of the, of the Houston Texans, made the stupid comments he made comparing his yeah. athletes to inmates. You know, when he talked about you can't let the, you can't let the, uh, the inmates run the, you know, run the prison and stuff like that. And, and what happened? Right after he made those comments, you had uh, um, uh, Hopkins, their star wide receiver, walk out, DeAndre Hopkins, walk out of practice. You had the entire, pretty much, not the entire team, but almost, uh, I think it was about 40 players on their team kneel. Guys yeah. who were not kneeling before that, before the owner's comments, but after the owner's comments, uh, 40, about 40 guys, and even some of the white players killed during the national anthem the next time. So as long as you, you have people like – as long as you have owners who are still making stupid comments, as long as you have the president who's still tweeting, as long as you have Papa John and, and others who are trying to weigh in on this and, and, and the things they're having to say about it is negative um, towards the players uh, trying to shed light on the injustice that is, that is taking place. Um, as long as that's going on, you're going to still have some elements of this protest going on. And, and again, like I said, um, when you start having people who are, for the most part, seem to be somewhat on the other side, um, and what I mean by this, you know, as I talked about a little bit earlier, when you start having, um, uh, so, like, like Sam Van Gundy, who's a white man, who is not facing racial um, inequality um, or oppression, but yet he understands what these athletes are doing and has said that he is going to do everything he can to support these athletes. When you start having people like that stand up and say they get it and they understand and they're going to uh, speak in favor of what these athletes are doing, that's going to help keep the movement going as well. But, but then, oh, yeah. Terry, you have other people. I've, I've, I've heard articles or read articles and, and interviews with some players who, you know, they're, they're saying that they you know, agree with what the players are doing. However, because of some of their 
um, people that are, that are, that that are, that are, or I should say, um, support system or, or whatever they have, they can't openly come out and 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 do these things because they they in turn would be ostracized. And well, absolutely. I mean, I think that I think that's a lot of guys in the league. I mean, you got to remember. I mean, this is. You know, this is a league where over seventy percent of the athletes are are African American. They've all most most of these athletes have all probably have, have faced some type of racial discrimination. Have have faced some type of incident uh, where uh, um, you know whether it's been run-ins with the police or or just other things. Um, they they all they all get to understand. And I would say there's probably lots of guys who um, who completely support. These athletes who are taking a knee, um, but they've chosen they've chosen not to necessarily take a knee. And you know, and what we talked about last time too is you got to understand there's repercussions for it. I mean, and and that's the thing. Everybody's not willing to face those repercussions, and that makes it all the much more reason why I think Collins perfect to be identified as the GQ citizen of the year because of the fact of he was willing to give up his career. He was willing to give up his career. Um, the guy still has two years left. I mean, he, he took his team to a Super Bowl, and you look at how many how many injuries you've had in the NFL this year with quarterbacks. Um, there's no way possible he wouldn't be on a team right now. I mean, they signed. I mean, you had a team who signed uh, Josh jo- Johnson, who hadn't played. What he hadn't thrown a pass in the NFL for what six years? Yeah. Um, you, you know. Uh, I mean, come on, really? You think they would really have signed him over Colin Kaepernick if it wasn't for? the fact that Colin took a knee. So, you know, we talked about this before. How many people are willing to walk away from their job today to, to stand for something that they believe in? Not many people. And, and that's the key, you know. So you think, though, when he did that, did he think it would be this man too? I mean, this big of a thing when he first did it? Because I don't think if he, you know, I mean, I don't know. I can't, like you said, I can't think for him. But, I mean, I don't think he... Think, well, man, I'll never get me another job. You know what I'm saying? You don't think that far along. You think? No, I no. If you if you actually if you actually read, you know, um, so so let's go back a little bit when he was taking, you know, when he was dealing with stuff and he was talking and he was writing and stuff like that about this. If you if you uh, follow uh, his position on this, he has, he thought through this a lot of this stuff. I mean, I, I don't think this completely caught him off guard that there would be right. a chance. Uh, he would get blackballed by by these teams. Um, I don't know if he knew for sure that it was going to happen. I don't know if he could have known that. But at any point in time, he could have chose not to. He could have, he could have, he could have ended his his protest and cooperated in essence. Um, and um, but he chose not to do so. So um, so I think he he understood and he was willing to face the consequences of it. And everything he said and done has shown that this isn't just some. Um, you know, it's not like he just woke up one day and said, let me do this and, you know, didn't think none of it through. Um, he knows what it is he's protesting. He understands what he's protesting. I mean, he's got, he's got a list of things that he is hoping um, and, um, that these protests will help make changes to. Um, and him along with, with a whole other, you know, group of NFL players. So, I mean, now that's the thing. I mean, you actually have uh, the, what they call the Players Coalition, which is a group of about 40 NFL players uh, led by, by uh, Malcolm Jenkins and Anguan Bolden, who are making uh, significant strides in trying to bring changes. I mean, you actually have the NFL now who's actually backing criminal justice reform. The NFL, wasn't, the NFL never got involved in politics like that. They never, 
backed political uh, uh, stances like that. So now you've got the NFL actually saying that they are um, uh, trying to back criminal justice reform and that the whole concept of the cash bail system um, should be done away with. Um, so, so Colin Kaepernick has, has, has started something that now is – it has continued to move on, and and you know if you look at the uh, the article again that Stan Stan Van Gundy wrote, um, uh, talking about this, you know, and I didn't realize this, but he says that uh, that the the players coalition has now come together and they're bringing together uh, players and coaches and others from other professional leagues to create a larger coalition, and they're they're working towards making uh, you know, to work towards criminal justice reform. And they've got, a, like I said, they've got a specific list of things, um, you know, dealing with sentencing, sentencing guidelines, ending mandatory minimum sentences. Um, uh, there's these things they call clean, uh, clean slate laws, where basically mm-hmm. you have a guy who does, uh, you have a person who goes to prison, but when they get out of prison, they don't have much of an opportunity because they still, um, right. you know, that, they still have that slate, they still have that mark against them that they've been, you know, uh, in prison for a crime, and so to be able to, cl- to clean that slate after that person does their time, so that way they can have opportunities after they come out of jail. They're looking at, uh, like I said, eliminating the cash bail system. They're looking at reforming juvenile justice system. They're looking at, you know, obviously ending police brutality and racial bias in police departments. So these guys have actually thought through what what it is that they're looking for and what they're trying to do, and they're working towards trying to make a change. And I and I applaud them for that. We gotta do our homework, Chris. Next time we talk to Terry, I gotta read that article. But Terry, I got a, I got another question for you. Remember back in the days, um, the one basketball player, Radul. Remember he used to turn his back on the national anthem. Remember that? Oh yeah. And it wasn't a bigger thing. I mean, they knew he was doing it, but it wasn't big like this. Well, he was doing the same thing. Am I wrong or right? Right, because because of his religious beliefs. So he was doing it right. based based out of his religious beliefs. Um, where um, um, he would he would actually basically turn his back towards uh, towards you know everybody was facing the flag he would turn his back towards right. the flag. Um, so yeah, I mean this isn't this isn't the first and that's the thing. This isn't athletes have always um, for you know going back going you know many many decades have always engaged in in these type of um, you know uh, demonstrations of protest. Um, to bring attention to things, so you know, so that's why it always it always bugs me when I hear people talk about oh, they're athletes, they should just stick to playing ball. Um, well, they they have a platform that other people don't have. They have the ability to bring attention to this. I mean, it's not like Colin Kaepernick was the first person who uh, stood up and said something about police brutality. <laughs> people do that all the time, every day, but they don't have the same platform that a Colin Kaepernick had to be able to bring attention. And, and shed light on these issues and problems. Right. Well, no, that, that, that's true. I mean, you know, you're always going to have, uh, uh, well, for now, yes, Kaepernick is, is the, the one in the center, but you're right. There's always been other people that have tried to shed light on, on, on what, what's right, what's wrong. Some have done it the right way. Some just, you know, haven't, Pushed it to the envelope enough to to make people, you know, see see a lot of it. But right, no. Well, and, and, and the thing is, I'm always going to say that. Look, if a guy is peacefully protesting, I mean, he's not out in the streets. He's not. He's not. Uh, 
setting fire to anything. He's not throwing rocks at anybody. It is a peaceful protest. I mean, you can't be... I mean, to have such anger towards somebody peacefully protesting, and, and they tell you why they're doing it. You know, that's the thing. I mean, if he hadn't said why he was doing it, and therefore you made assumptions about why he was doing it, that would be one thing. But he clearly made very clear that this had nothing to do with the military, but this was about trying to bring attention to the social injustice and police brutality and other things affecting the black community. Um, and so for somebody to peacefully protest like that and for our response um, or, or for the response of some to be such anger and to be uh, uh, so bothered by it, um, you know, it's, it's, that's upsetting. And, but, it's, but it's not new. Like I said, I mean, you read uh, Martin Luther King's letter from Birmingham jail, and that's exactly what he talks about. You're always going to have, um, and, in essence, you don't have a real protest if you don't have a whole bunch of people on the other side that hate you for doing what you're doing. You know, right. you're not doing something well enough if there's not people who hate you for doing it. Well, that's why those um, uh, white supremacists love those protests. There's always a group of other people on the other side hate what they do. Am I right? Right. I mean, they, they yeah. love it, protesting about this. Hey, uh, I mean, other people right, right on the other side of them hate what they're doing, so they feed off that. Right, so you're going to always have people um, who are not going to uh, fully agree with what you're doing, but, um, but I mean, he's brought attention to this. Like I said, people are talking about it, um, and, and, again, uh, the actions that these NFL players are actually taking now um, is, is they're, they're, they're out. I mean, great, let's give you another great example. I mean, you know uh, Howie, Long, uh, um, Howie, Howie Long's son, Chris Long, uh, that plays for the mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. donated yeah. uh, donate the rest of his NFL salary for this year to social justice causes. Right. All because okay. of what's going on right now. Um, and again, there's, there's another white person who is in support of what these guys are doing. And, and like I said, in, in almost any one of, in any uh, of these types of causes, you know, like I said, you go back to the civil rights uh, movement, you look at um, uh, how Dr. King structured uh, some of uh, the marches and things that he did. He wanted to make sure that there were, um, you know, other white pastors and priests and Catholic priests right next to him, side by side with him, walking hand in hand with him, so that that way people could see that this wasn't just all about just black people protesting. It's about social justice for everybody. It's about equality for everybody, and that it, it, it matters to to people of all race, all shades, all colors, all races, all ethnicities, um, and it should matter to all of us to make sure that everybody's being treated fairly and equally. Um, so, you know, so it's important that it's not just people who look like me out there um, supporting these things. It's got to be other people as well, other people who don't look like us. Terry, we got five minutes, but I want to ask you this question. I want to hear what you guys say. And we, we don't want to say no names, but if we, if we fight for the, the stuff, you know, the stuff that's going on in the neighborhood, like that, it's not about the military. Why are some of these other uh, black people with all this money and with this name not speaking out about this, you know. It goes back to what we talked about before. It's, it's hard to do. That, that's why, I mean, that's why the actions that of people of Colin Kaepernick and the Michael Bennett and, and others 
that have taken the type of stance that they have, it's significant. It's a big deal because it is not an easy thing to do. It is not an easy thing to do when you know clearly that there's a large percentage of people out there that is looking at you on TV or or in the stadium looking at you, and as soon as you take a knee, they hate you. They don't want. They yeah. don't. They don't. They don't want anything to do with you. They're cursing your name. They're threatening you. I mean, the amount of threats, death threats, and everything else that uh, Colin Kaepernick has received, and other other people who protest or you know speak out on issues that receive. Um, and so, if you've got a wife and children at home, um, you got to worry about your wife and children. So, if you got people you know calling and sending you death threats and stuff like that, you got to say, hey, you know. Am I going to take a knee and, and expose my wife and children and, you know, my family right. to some of these crazy people out here? So it's a hard, it's, it's not an easy thing to do regardless of your, your status or the amount of money you have. It's an extremely difficult decision to make and a hard thing to do. And so, you know, when we talked about this last time, you know, I said I would like to believe that I would have the strength and fortitude if I was still playing to take a knee. But it, it's not an easy thing to do. And I think you have to be in that situation to know whether you would actually be able to carry it out. Well, we got the music in my ear, but man, I love talking to you. Man, you put some insights, you know, make you think, you know. Hey, one so, thing we gotta—I gotta know your opinion about what? What about those hurricanes down there? And that that uh that uh, uh turnover chain. Yeah, they they back. I remember when Jerome Brown and a lot of remember when they all was there. They wore those those um, army army things. Yeah, I'm glad to see that back. That program needs to turn around. They had different coaches that messed it up, but I'm glad they're back. There's some good kids down there. And I, I watched, I watched, I watched that game uh, between Miami and Notre Dame, and um, man, they just, they just walked all over Notre Dame. I mean, they, they, <laughs> they stopped Notre Dame, and Notre Dame, I think, was ranked like third at the time of the game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're out of the top uh, ten, I think, now or something. But yeah. Yeah, they, well, we, Miami just, well, I mean, they just dominated them. I mean, I, this is like the old Miami. This is like back in the 1980s, 1990 Miami Hurricanes back again. I'm glad for myself uh-huh. on Notre Dame. I'm tired of Notre Dame. <laughs> we, we, we understand so, how you feel about Notre Dame. But what we do, uh, Terry, we'll see you let us know when you are available again, then we'll finish this up. I love this conversation. Oh, oh yeah, like, no problem. Just let me, you know, anytime, James. Just let me know, um, um, you know, whenever you want me back on. Okay. Perfect. And like I said, we'll be have prayer for your friend and his family. Well, I appreciate that, and I'm sure his family Please. will appreciate it as well. Thanks again, Terry. Chris. All right, Terry. Take care. Good take having you out again. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 